Jesus and his disciples went to a wedding in a town called Cana, which was in Galilee. Jesus's mom, Mary, was there, and it was a joyous celebration. In Jesus's time, drinking wine was not against God's commandments as it is in our word of wisdom today. So at the wedding, the guests were all drinking wine, but then the wine ran out. Mary found this out, so she went to Jesus to ask for help. Jesus called her the respectful title of woman and then asked, What can I do to help? Whatever you need, I will do it. I am here to serve you while I can. Mary then turned to the servants that had been serving the wine at the wedding and said, Whatever Jesus tells you to do, please do it. Back in Jesus' time, they would keep a lot of water in huge stone pots, pots that are even bigger than you or me. There were six of these huge pots at the wedding that held clean water. Jesus asked the servants to fill the pots all the way up to the top with water, and so they did. Then Jesus asked the servants to go serve the water to the governor of the feast, and they did not understand why, but they obeyed Christ anyway. When they poured the water into the man's cup, it had turned into wine. The man did not know that it had been water just moments before, and he called the groom, or the man getting married, to him and said, Wow, usually at weddings, people serve their best wine to their guests first, and then wait to serve their worst wine later. But you are different. You have saved your best wine until now. Can you imagine what the servants were thinking? They had just participated in a miracle because they were willing to do what Christ had asked. Well, after this miracle, Jesus and his disciples and his family went to Capernaum, and then they traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Do you remember that Jesus' family would travel to Jerusalem every year to celebrate the Passover with their friends and family? Well, this time, when Jesus went to the temple in Jerusalem, he saw that a lot of men were working around the temple, selling animals for sacrifices and trading Roman money for Jewish money so that the Jews could buy the animals to then sacrifice inside the temple. Have you ever been to a temple before? How did you feel when you walked around the outside of it? Each time I go to the temple, I feel peace and reverence. How do you think you would feel if our temples today were surrounded by men trying to exchange money and buy and sell different animals? 
Do you think that people inside the temple would have an easy time focusing on praying and worshiping the Lord if they could hear cows mooing and sheep bleeding and doves cooing outside? Well, when Jesus saw all of these animals and money exchangers, he remembered that the temple was his heavenly father's house and that his house was supposed to be a place of prayer, worship, and peace. He knew that something had to be done, so he made a whip of sorts from cords and drove all of the animals and money exchangers out of the courts of the temple. He threw over the tables of money and poured out all the money onto the ground. And when he got to the people who sold doves, he said, Get these things out of here. Do not make my heavenly father's sacred house a house of money and of buying and selling things. That should not be the focus of the temple. The Jewish leaders there were pretty upset that Jesus did all of this. And they said, What the? Who gave you the right to clear out the temple this way? Give us a sign to prove that you have the authority to do such a thing. And Jesus said, Here's your sign. Destroy this temple and I will raise it back up in three days. The Jewish leaders were confused and said, It took 40 years to build this temple. How in the world would you be able to build it back up in three days? That's impossible. But they didn't realize that Christ wasn't talking about the temple in Jerusalem. He was prophesying about his own body. He was talking about his resurrection. After he had laid in the tomb for three days and then was resurrected, his disciples remembered that he had said unto the Jewish leaders, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. And it was then that they realized he was really talking about his body and not the temple. Well, Jesus stayed in Jerusalem for the Passover celebration, and he performed many miracles, and a lot of people believed in him, but he didn't really trust them because he knew their thoughts and their hearts, and that they only believed in him because they saw the amazing things he did. They didn't believe he was the Messiah because they trusted him. Rather, they just trusted in his miracles. While he was in Jerusalem, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus who came to visit him. The Pharisees were Jews who were very strict about their religion and felt like they were better than everyone else if they could keep their laws and commandments exactly as they were said and written. Well, Nicodemus came to visit Christ one night and said, Rabbi, or teacher, we know that you are sent from God since no one else can perform the same miracles that you perform unless he has God with him. And Jesus said, It is very important to remember that men and women must be born again, or else they won't be able to live with Heavenly Father again. To this, Nicodemus said, What? How can a person be born again after he has grown old? Can he climb back into his mama's tummy in order to be born again? At this point, maybe Nicodemus thought that what Christ said was a little crazy. And then Jesus said, Ah, I should have said, unless people are born of water and of the Spirit, they cannot live with Heavenly Father again. Your body that came from your mom's tummy is physical, but when you are born of the Spirit, it's spiritual, so you can't see it with your physical eyes. 
I don't want you to disbelieve what I am saying or think that I am crazy, so I will try to explain this to you in a way that you understand. Do you know how you can hear the wind and see its effects on things, but you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going? Well, just like you can't see the wind, you also can't understand what it means to be born of the Spirit unless you have the Spirit with you. Nicodemus was still a little confused, so he asked, How is all of this possible? And Jesus said, Hey, aren't you a religious leader of the Israelites? You're supposed to have studied the Old Testament, so how do you now, how do you not understand these things? I will teach you about them, so listen carefully. Everything that I am trying to teach you about being born of the Spirit has been taught before me in the scriptures and by the prophets, but you still don't seem to understand. If I try to explain it to you using the wind and you still don't understand, then how could you understand the spiritual things that I talk about? Even so, I will try to help you. Do you remember in Moses' time when the Israelites were bitten by the serpents and Moses was commanded to build a brass serpent so that everyone who wanted to be healed was told to look at it in order to be healed? Well, just like the brass serpent was raised up to save the Israelites, so must I be raised up on a cross to save all of Heavenly Father's children who believe in me. Heavenly Father loves all of his children so much that he gave me as a gift or as a sacrifice so that whoever believes in us wouldn't suffer forever but have a happy life with Heavenly Father forever. Heavenly Father didn't send me here to earth to punish people or get everyone in trouble for sinning and making mistakes. Instead, he sent me here to save and love everyone who sins and makes mistakes. Only the people who believe in me and my father will be saved, while the people who don't believe in me and choose to be wicked and love evil things cannot be saved because they don't believe in me or my power. Everyone that is wicked hates the light of the gospel and the light that I bring, and so they stay away from it because they don't want me to tell them that what they are doing is wrong and wicked. On the other hand, the people who love me and Heavenly Father and the light of the gospel act in righteousness and try to live true, honest lives, and they come towards the light of the gospel. Well, after Jesus Christ taught all these things to Nicodemus, he and his disciples traveled out of Jerusalem, and they started baptizing people who believed in him. This story I'm about to tell you happened before John the Baptist was thrown into jail, and so he was still baptizing people at this point, too. One day, some of the Jews came to John and said, Hey, you know that guy who you taught us about, who you said was the Messiah? Well, he and his disciples are baptizing way more people than you are. To this, John responded, You're right. I did say he was the Christ. And he really is the Christ. I have been the messenger to prepare everyone to receive him. I'm like the best man at his wedding. He is the groom, and I am his good friend, and I'm watching him get married to his bride, which is like Israel. And since he's happy, I'm so happy. 
while his disciples increase and while he becomes greater in the eyes of the people, I must become less great. Since I'm just a mortal man, I can't teach and preach as amazing things as he can, since he's God's only begotten son straight from heaven. And those people who believe in his word have the spirit testify to them that he really is the Christ and that he speaks the words of Heavenly Father since he is full of the Holy Ghost. Heavenly Father loves his son and has given him all power and authority. And whoever believes in Christ will someday live again with Heavenly Father and will receive everything he has as well. But people who don't believe what Christ preaches will not receive Heavenly Father's gifts. Well, when the Pharisees found out that Jesus and his disciples were baptizing more people than John was, they had a big problem with it because they considered John to be a prophet. But they did not believe that Jesus was the Christ or the one anointed to save men and women. So they thought and thought about a way that they could kill Jesus since they did not agree with him or his teachings. Well, Jesus knew that the Pharisees thought this So he left Judea and traveled back to Galilee. There were two ways to get to Galilee from Jerusalem. One was to travel through a region called Samaria, which was full of people called Samaritans. The other way was a much longer route that led close to the Jordan River, and the Jews would usually choose to travel this longer route because they did not like the Samaritans. The Samaritan people had ancestors who were Jews, but also ancestors who were not Jews. And so they would sometimes fight with the Jews about whether or not they were really Israelites. Because the Jews would not accept them as true Israelites, the Samaritans rejected a lot of parts of the Old Testament, which the Jews regarded as scripture. Well, Jesus chose to travel through Samaria. And when he got to a city there called Sychar, he stopped at a well that was built by Jacob of old, the son of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham. He was tired and wanted to rest there, so he sent his disciples into the city to find food for them to eat. While Jesus was resting there, a Samaritan woman came to get water from the well at a time that was different than when all the other women usually got water. Jesus asked her for water, and at their time, it was a custom to give anyone water who asked for it, unless it was somehow impossible. But the woman hesitated, because she wasn't used to Jewish men speaking to her at all. And so she asked, Why are you, a Jewish man, asking me, a Samaritan woman, to get you a drink? Don't you know that the Jews don't interact with the Samaritans? Jesus said, If you knew who I was, who am a gift from Heavenly Father, then you would ask me for water, and I would give you living water. The Samaritan woman looked around and said, Sir, you don't have anything to get water from the well with, and the well is really deep, so where would you get the living water from? Are you greater than our grandfather Jacob, who built this well and drank from it himself? Jesus said, Whoever drinks of this well water will definitely get thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never get thirsty again. The water that I give people is like water from a well inside of them that never runs out. 
The Samaritan woman said, Sir, please give me this water so that I will never be thirsty again or have to come to this well to get water. And Jesus said, Okay, well, go get your husband and come back to me. And the Samaritan woman said, Well, I I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, You're right. You've actually had five husbands before. And the man that you're living with right now is not your husband. So you did tell me the truth. The woman was astounded that Jesus knew all of these personal things about her. And she said, Sir, I think that you are our prophet. But I have a problem. The temple here in Samaria was destroyed by the Jews. And the Jews say that the temple in Jerusalem is the only place people should worship God. But they won't let the Samaritans inside. So how should I worship God then? And Jesus replied, Oh, to properly worship God, you don't need to be in a specific place. Those who truly want to worship Heavenly Father do it through spirit and truth. And Heavenly Father loves being worshipped this way. And he has promised the Holy Ghost to those who worship him by keeping his commandments and by trying to become more like me. The woman then said, Oh, I know that the Messiah will soon come. And when he's here, he'll teach us the truth about these things. And Christ replied with love, I am the Messiah. At this point, Christ's disciples had come back from Sychar with their food, and they were shocked to see Christ speaking with the Samaritan woman. They watched as the woman excitedly left her water pot there at the well to run back into the city and exclaim to everyone there, come with me, come see a man who told me all the things I ever did, all the husbands I've married, and who I'm living with now. Don't you think this is the Christ who the prophets have taught us would come? Many people were curious and followed her out of the city to go visit Jesus at the well. When the Samaritan woman was in Sychar gathering people to come meet Jesus, his disciples said, Master, here's some food. Go ahead and eat. And Christ replied, Oh, I have food to eat that you guys don't know about. And his disciples wondered, wait a second, did did any of us bring him other food to eat that we didn't know about? Jesus knew they were wondering what he was talking about, so he said, My meat, so to speak, is to finish Heavenly Father's work according to his will and what he wants me to do here on earth. You might be wondering what Heavenly Father wants you to do. Well, if you were farmers who harvested fruit, I would tell you not to say, Oh, there's four more months until harvest time. I have plenty of time to relax until then. I would say to you, look up at your fields. Your plants are all ripe and are ready to be harvested. Whoever goes and gathers the fruits will get paid with eternal life. And the farmers who sowed the fruit seeds and those who gathered or harvested the ripe fruits and vegetables will both be so happy. You guys are like the harvesters. Someone else came before you and planted the seeds, and now that the fruit is ripe, it's your turn to work. Christ was teaching his disciples about the missionary work that they needed to do. The fruit represented the people who had prepared and were ready to accept Christ and his teachings, and the disciples were like the harvesters who would go and gather the people and bring them to Christ.
Well, after Christ taught this to his disciples, the group of Samaritan people came to him at the well and asked him to stay with them. Some people believed that he was Christ because of what the Samaritan woman had told them, and some people believed he was Christ and the Savior of the world because of what he himself had taught them. Christ stayed in Samaria for two days, and then he traveled up to Galilee and stopped in Cana, which was the town in which he had performed the miracle of turning water at the wedding into wine. While he was in Cana, there was a nobleman who traveled there from Capernaum, which was about 20 miles away from Cana, to visit Christ. He found Christ and asked him to travel back with him to Capernaum so that he could heal the nobleman's son. Christ said, "Mm, I don't know. I don't think that you will believe that I am the Christ unless you see me perform this miracle. To this, the man asked again, Please come to Capernaum or else my son will die. Jesus then said, Oh, you can go back to Capernaum. Your son is alive. And you know what? The man believed what Christ said. He had faith that Christ could heal his son from so far away. So he started traveling home. While he was on his way back to Capernaum, his servants met him and excitedly said, Your son is alive! He asked, Can you tell me at what time it was when he started to get better? And they said, It was yesterday at the seventh hour. He didn't have a fever anymore at that point. Then the nobleman remembered that it was at that exact same time that Jesus had said the words, Your son is alive. He knew it was a miracle, and he and his whole household believed in Christ. All right, little chickens, it is time for me to go, and I will prepare a story for you to hear next week. Until then, have a wonderful day. Goodbye.